Hello and welcome to the Weird Geeks Horror Channel, where every Friday we'll be covering a new installment in the classic horror franchise. Warning, this podcast contains strong language and spoilers throughout. Go to weirdgeeks.com to check out our other podcast series, social medias, Twitch streams, contact details, and news on our very own feature films, albums, and shorts that are currently in production for our publisher, We Are Tessellate. Weird Geeks is not affiliated with any of the rights holders of the films referenced, and no infringement is intended. Geeks! 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 Hello and welcome back to the Weird Geeks Horror Show, where every single Friday we take you through another installment in the classic horror retrospective franchise. I say classic. I'm your host, Al White, and joining me throughout all of the Perch films has been Alison Holland. Hi. And Lee Comley. Hey there. But before you get to hear more of their beautiful English and Texan accents, why don't you head on over to weirdgeeks.com, <laughs> weirdgeeks.com, where you can then branch on out to all of our social medias, and more importantly, to the iTunes or to your podcast apps with Weird Geeks. Just tap it in there. Find us, subscribe, rate, because we do all this for free. No adverts, no promotions, none of that bullshit. And just subscribing and rating will take you about 30 seconds and it helps us out immeasurably. How much? Immeasurably. Immeasurably. Thanks, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we did it. We're at the end of another franchise, our shortest franchise yet. This is franchise number eight, I think, in the horror franchises anyway. We've also done Danny Boyle and Star Wars. The Purge, guys. We finished it last week. We talked about the first Purge. Now we've had some time to reflect, to gather our thoughts, and we like to do these wrap-up podcasts. For those of you new to us, Welcome. And the, in these podcasts, what we like to do is talk through the entire franchise. So you don't need to necessarily have listened to the other ones if you don't want to. You can just jump straight in here, get a good overview. We're going to talk through all of the franchise in order, a little bit of information about them. We're not going to cover all the minutiae, obviously. We're not going to cover all the facts. For those, you just delve into the proper media episodes. So we're not going to recover too much stuff. And then after that, what we like to do is go through some lists. Which is going to be a bit different for this series, but we'll talk <laughs> about that when we get there. And we also like to, of course, place the films in order. But mostly in these podcasts, we tend to talk about the multimedia. We talk about the comics, the novels, the computer games, the effect it had on popular culture, which this film is very different from every other franchise we've done. So normally, when you're looking at the Friday 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street, Child's Plays, They've had a huge impact on popular culture through, you know, toys, cuddlies, video games, yeah, comics, novels, and like every aspect, including sadly, you know, real life murders and things like that. The Purge doesn't have any of that stuff. And I was kind of really surprised. Have you guys encountered anything? Because I really searched. I can't find any video games. I can't find, find app games, like official stuff. I can't find any comics, which really shocked me. No. I can't find novelizations. Nothing to do with this really i mean it's a big franchise all i can find are a stupefying amount of fan films <laughs> <laughs> and then of course the real life impact which has been a big real life impact but we can talk about that in a minute but that was a real surprise to me that this is a series that you know obviously it's still in its infancy i guess in a way but i thought there'd be more merchandise when you think I mean, you can buy the masks and people tend to make them for halloween there's lots of youtube videos on like how to make this mask from the purge oh really yeah, but I'm just kind of shocked that there's not more out there. I think especially like comics and things, because it could be, it's such a ripe universe to do different stories on, you know, but um, Only you surprising. and I are big, big gamers. Can you, you can imagine this as a battle royale game. I was thinking about that playing Fortnite last night, actually. Turning it into it a more realistic sense. style. Thing. Yeah, yeah, it does make perfect sense. 
you're in a little town, 100 people on the streets. Mm. That's actually probably accurate, about 100 people maybe in some yeah. of these towns. You know, like, it would be perfect. Or like, a, you know, really dark, like, single player where you're kind of being like Frank Grillo trying to like get a bunch of people out or just survive or, you know, whatever. Like, I don't know, just or a Left for Dead kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So much you could do with this. I'm so really much. surprised it hasn't happened yet. And I haven't heard about anything in the works even. I haven't even heard about the rights being auctioned off. Very strange. I don't know if... What's our friend's name? God damn it. Forgotten it already. Which creator of all this? <laughs> uh, Demonico. Demonico. James Demonico. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to make everything himself. Just like, oh, I'll make a video game, but I'm making it in my bedroom. <laughs> on my Atari. <laughs> no one else is allowed to be involved. Okay, so I did do a little research, however, in where this idea came from. Obviously, there are a lot of different interpretations of it. The oldest format of this kind of thing is a thing called the Cronia. Um, it was an Athenian festival back in ancient Greece held in honor of Kronos, which I know from my own personal weird teenage obsession with the crow. Cronos uh, was the originator of God, essentially. The crow was actually the first God ever worshipped, documented on the earth. And Kronos was an extension from that. So this festival was held during the latter part of July, early August, and it was written about by a Roman playwright called Accius, saying, quote, Slaves and the free, rich and the poor, all dined together and played games. It was a period of thorough harmony, where hierarchical, exploitative, and predatory relationships were non-existent. Slaves were permitted to run riot through the city, shouting and making noise. <laughs> and it was usually regarded as a celebration of the harvest. I feel his idea of the word run riot is more... They had normal, you know, normal no, benefits. Be people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. Yeah. <laughs> but there's an interesting twist there on basically a kind of similar thing where for one night, yeah, lower classes and upper classes could all join in together. But it was an idea for harmony rather than for retribution. Yeah. It could be a good purge film. <laughs> a happy Everyone purge just hangs film. out. Honestly, <laughs> it might be what we need. Yeah. And then the big one, of course, is on February 9th, 1967, episode 21 of the first season of the original Star Trek aired. It was called Return of the Archons, or Archons. I apologize, Star Trek fans, I'm not familiar. And it revolves around an event given by the lawgivers known as the Festival, in which violence, destruction, and sexual aggression are allowed for 12 hours. So basically the purge. Sounds about right. (laughs) And given the kind of, I don't know, I can completely believe that the Monica watched this episode at some point. was like, that gives me a good idea for a film. Just rip it off. Make it more sexy, more slow-mo. <laughs> this Star Trek episode would be perfect with more neon and more slow-mo. Yeah, was there any, can there have been any lawsuits from that? No, I think it's such a broad idea, really, isn't it? I mean, you know, it's. It's a great idea, but I think these great ideas come because they're so simple, really, and so broad. Like, it's such a classic idea. Well, what if you could, you know, we're allowed to kill somebody once, you know, or something like that. It's just like an extension of that idea, really, isn't it? Okay. Okay. Did you guys, nothing else you want to add before we get into the film by films? I, the only media I had seen relevant to The Purge was an Instagram post that I found that I actually sent the two of you. That says, I guess it's, it's probably somebody's tweet that they just screenshotted and put on here. But I don't get on Twitter, so I saw it on Instagram. And it says, there are four Purge movies, and I have yet to see a scene in any of them where someone is stealing some valuable shit. Like, all <laughs> crimes are legal for 24 hours. Wrong. And the only thing you bitches want to do is kill each other when the Apple store is right across the street. It's very, very true. I it is. 
They got some information wrong. Problem. They said 24 hours, not 12, but that's okay. Yeah, I don't know what they're talking about. They had clearly not seen all four movies. No. Like no. they claim. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I think we're going to get really into that because I think that's a big, for me, it's still the biggest problem with these films is they're only interested in murder. They really just like, James DeMonaco, I think he wrote it going, ah, oh, The Purge, all, all like crime is legal. And in his brain, he only thought about killing people because that's where his idea came from, as we'll get to again. We'll tell that story again when we get there. And yeah, I think maybe it took, you know, a movie until people were saying, hang on, you would do other things as well. And, it's, yeah. and they're not interested in that. They should have just come up with some other word. Have you seen America on Black Friday? They would be yeah. way interested in something else. They just want that big TV. Yeah. <laughs> and a drone, probably. Yeah. Which, to be fair, they do cover drones. But they don't show that they're stolen in this. <laughs> yeah, I think they just need a different word. I think it just needed to be, you know, all murder is legal for 12 hours. There's a, sim- there's a simple change for them to have the Persian movies they're interested in telling. But okay, we had the first film though in 2013. It had a budget of $3 million. It ended up grossing nearly $90 million. So much money. Starring Ethan Hawke and Lena Headley. Yeah, so this film, the idea came from, as we were just about to say, his uh, DeMonico was driving with his wife and they were in some road rage in LA. And then she made this comment, which apparently was very out of character for her because she was very sweet. And said, wouldn't it you know, be nice if we just had one, basically, where you're allowed to just kill one person. And that started off this idea in his head of how that'd be good for a movie. I think he probably also watched the Star Trek episode as well, but there you go. <laughs> this movie gets a Rotten Tomatoes. We're going to go to Rotten Tomatoes, because if you want to hear the IMDb scores, we've been doing that so far. But I'm going with an aggregate now. So let's go with the big one, shall we? Because it does give slightly different scores for things. 38% on the oh. Rotten Tomatoes. The first purge. Mm. Pretty right. fucking low. Yeah. And surprised me, to be honest, because again, like this film, I don't know. I feel like you two are quite down on it. I've grown more fond of it the further we've come through the franchise, in a way. <laughs> Honestly, me too. Yes. After <laughs> it happens closer, a lot. The more of the same film that I see. <laughs> it does happen a lot with these franchises where, like, I remember with Child's Play, not to give away anything in that franchise, but Alex started off not liking Child's Play 1, but by the time he got near the end of the series, like, and he quite liked a lot of them. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, he's like, that was all right. <laughs> I still like the idea the first purge is just very simple. It's very like, you know, boiled down, one house, one family. Not the most likable family. Yeah. But the villains are actually kind of creepy. It's definitely still more of a horror movie than an action film. And it doesn't work that well because I don't think the direction is brilliant and the characters, again, are unlikable. But it's, I don't know, I like, I like this movie. I think it's a solid movie for like, okay, well, there's a good idea. Now do something better with it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm mad you guys feel about it in retrospect, you know, just looking back on it now. I went back and watched some videos just in preparation for this to remind myself. And I actually, I found the video of the, the guy who is, I guess, the main villain, the lead of that group outside, the blonde one. And I was watching his little monologue of him basically explaining what, who they were, where they come from, and why they're there. And it was actually really good. Both in his performance and in writing, which is confusing because yeah. I feel like the writing is shit the majority of this franchise. And it's the same. It's all James DeMonico. So this, I actually, I really liked this monologue. That was my favorite bit that I went and rewatched. Yeah, Lee, your mouth is agape. <laughs> I try to think what to say about it because, yeah, in, in hindsight, I think I, I actually enjoyed it more than I remembered. But it's just... It doesn't feel like a Purge film anymore because we've now seen three Purge films that are all quite similar. <laughs> the first one really feels like an outlier, doesn't it? Because yeah, each, each, each of the other ones have a, a very 
kind of strict formula. But thinking back to the first one, the kind of positives about it are things that maybe I didn't think about at the time were like you've got a, a re- relatively small handful of characters that you can follow and keep track of and yeah. their relationships are relatively well developed compared to the rest of the franchise. So I'd actually quite like to go back and watch that in the future just to kind of see how I feel about it again. Yeah, the first one feels to me like a, you know, it, it could be remade in 10, 15 years really well. You know, it's yeah, like it's yeah, such sure. a simple little home yeah. evasion movie with a great idea. You just need more likable characters. I read earlier on that um, apparently the, the, the first Purge film was written as a sequel to Assault on Precinct 13. Right. And then he'd had that idea with his wife and then reworked the scripts into that. And I guess you can kind of see how that all links together and how that works. So um, Yeah, that perfectly makes sense. Yeah. Because yeah, like we said in that podcast, he wrote the remake of Assault on Precinct 13 yes. and the idea is almost identical yeah. to do with the stranger in peril being chased getting, hiding in a yeah in a yeah. single location yeah I'm, but i remember watching first purge and then we were all like okay but like it would be great it would be a lot more fun to see the city to see what's actually happening like just go outside how wrong Which, we uh, were yeah <laughs> it was Which fine gave it, us, but it's it was fine sorry, the first on. time <laughs> yeah true. well again and what the interesting thing is kind of what you hinted at last weekly which is that depending which order you see these in you might feel differently about them because you definitely get i feel franchise fatigue by the time you get to the fourth film yeah yeah but maybe if you see the first purge i think was part of your point lee was like if you saw the first purge second then you might enjoy it more than some of the other sequels basically because it's it's more the fatigue of it that's getting you down yeah but yeah, we get the Purge Anarchy, which came out in 2014. Only a year later, $11 million this time. A huge step up. Uh, grossed $112 million, pretty much. This got on Rotten Tomatoes of 56%. So it's gone up nearly 20% uh, on Rotten Tomatoes in the rankings. This was one that I really enjoyed, even though it's really stupid. It has low points. It's definitely more Escape from New York than it is, yeah, uh, I saw on Precinct 13. Different John Carpenter films, basically. <laughs> And yeah, you've got like Frank Grillo, who's playing this Punisher-style character. You've got here's the thing that I like about this one is you've got characters that I like. Like I like the mother and the daughter. Uh, you got this white couple who are inoffensive but kind of boring, but they're not like annoying or anything. And you actually have a personal story. Like Frank Grillo's got a personal story that then comes to a proper arc by the end of the film and has a message, despite how cheesy it is, with like the guy he's out to kill for killing his son ends up saving him because he spends his life and like all this you know bullshit and we're really introducing here the government as okay the government's out there to cull because like, that's not anywhere in the first film is it really the first film's just no. this little group no so this is really where we start to get the lore i feel of what the purge has become ever since which is yeah a group of people strangers out on the streets stuck out during the purge with their own personal conflicts and the government as well as crazy gangs are out there trying to get them basically yeah yeah i like this film i like this film i was flabbergasted i remember at the time of how much better it looked <laughs> than the first one considering it's exactly the same team of dp director editor sound like everything and just a year later yeah <laughs> guess that's uh, at least partly the change in budget isn't it in the, the scope yeah. of the film yeah many thoughts from you guys looking back on it now i still like this one more i disagree i mean I agree that the characters in this one, well, I don't know. I think they're still unlikable to me, mostly because I don't like the way they were, like the stereotypes that they're written as. So it's hard for me to say they're more likable than the first one because they're, I still find them unlikable, but in a different way. (laughs) 
the like right. sergeant's character <laughs> I find unlikable the way it's written. And then the mother daughter I like the idea of, but I don't think the actresses pull it off. And that, yeah, the couple, Shane and Liz, I think are their names. They're fine. Shane's character is really dumb and you can tell he's supposed to be the funny one. Which he has some lines that are funny, but they're funny because he's an idiot, not because they're smart. <laughs> but yeah, I, overall, I think I had, I remember having a lot more fun with this one because it, it gave us exactly what we had asked for. We had asked to see outside of the house. We had asked to see the middle of the streets. We wanted to see how it affected more of the world rather than just be stuck inside one location. So yeah, I still understand. I'm trying not to give away my final yeah, <laughs> list, but I still look back on it with the same feelings, I think. Lee. No, no I completely changes. agree. It was nice to kind of see the, the scope of the idea sort of spread out a little bit more and see more of it. I think looking back and like Ali not wanting to give too much away, I think this is wow, probably the, the main film I look back on and despair at some of the decisions and choices that the characters make and they don't really feel like real people in that sense like why the hell would you do that in that situation and maybe that was the writer finding his way in in how to deal with the wider scope of this idea so it is perhaps not the film that i would return to but there's some really nice set pieces in it interesting yeah because i feel i feel the opposite like i really like I remember when it was just getting to a lull for me, I find that change that happens when they suddenly end up in the rich auction house and mm. stuff like that. Like, like I remember feeling revitalized at that point. And sure, people are doing dumb stuff, but people are doing dumb stuff throughout this entire franchise. But at least... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Very true. Are, I mean, maybe likable. I mean, I did actually find a mother and daughter likable. I thought they worked well. I like their relationship. I think it's kind of smart. But I think more sympathetic is the word I'm looking for. Like, these are all mm. sympathetic characters who have arcs that I understand and care about. Whereas that family from the first film... Don't really. It's hard to sympathize yeah. with the family of the rich people who are literally making money off of fucking people over by making fake security systems. <laughs> like, it's hmm. very tough to care. And I do care about everyone here to, you know, maybe not massively. I'm not going to cry if anybody dies, but I do care about their journey and I do feel they have journeys, which is, you know, nice. I think I would disagree with that in the second one. I think their journeys are sticking with Sergeant and letting him save them every time. That's it, yeah. Chaos comes their way. Which you see from the beginning when they, uh, he starts to leave and they're like, no, you can't leave us. What are we going to do? And immediately you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're no, on your no, fucking own. Figure it out. <laughs> no, completely. I mean, it is a New York, uh, it's Escape from New York trope for sure. If you have one character who is definitely like, the it's savior. about that character. Like it, it is weird in that it is an ensemble, but it's definitely about, yeah, Frank Grillo. Uh, who has the arc like the, but i mean the rest of them have journeys of what they're actually doing you know like there's a reason for what they're doing even if they don't necessarily evolve massively um throughout the film or they do but just in a sudden lurch like at the end where the mother suddenly <laughs> wises <up>. awake <laughs> yeah uh, well i mean but then you have i guess the white girl who like gets traumatized and then decides she wants to purge but we never see her again sadly it's like yeah. we needed one more scene of her and we have of course the building of we haven't mentioned him yet but the bloody stranger from the first film who here is unnamed, but is now working for the Beret Club. And then we're going to see him again in the Purge election year 2016, where he's now called Dante Bishop from running a militia. This is a budget <laughs> similar of about $11 million. Grossed $118.5 million, so grossed a little bit more than Anarchy. And has a Rotten Tomatoes of 53%, so slightly below Anarchy. And this is the one that I get a bit muddied in my head, to be honest, already. Because this is the one where we introduce... Oh, and we have to rectify something here because I've listened to a whole bunch of other podcasts and done more research now. And I think we were all wrong 
So you know we had this conversation during that podcast of the opening. We start with a stupid voice of this guy who's tied up a family and he's saying to the mother, you choose who's going to live. And then Ali, you were saying, I don't know what this has to do with the rest of the film. Immediately you were like, well, that's, that's the senator who's then going uh, to be president. Yeah. Apparently it's not. She's the daughter. And the mother then is meant to have chosen her <laughs> and killed. And then they killed the rest of the family around Oh, man. Her. I thought that. I thought that. Uh, she, that's yeah, what you thought. Yeah, you see her sat there with the glasses. Yeah, it's what I thought. Okay. Oh. So she's, she's living with the guilt of being chosen. So I thought it was a mother because the years didn't add up for me. But then what I've also found from going online is A, a lot of contradictory years. Yeah. But B, is that election year is meant to play, take place in 2040. What? I saw that too. I was looking up the timeline last night and the first two are only one year apart. And then election year is supposed to, because that's, we start off 2022. So the next one's supposed to be 2023, I guess. And then we jump to 2040. Well, I mean, wow. I'll be honest. I don't care enough to go back into the, <laughs> into to sex, the dialogue. Right. Because I don't we think they mention, do they mention we specific years? of like, oh, they it's did. been they blah, did. blah, blah, blah years since we started. They did. And then we argued a bit about it. Because then me yeah. and Lee heard something about 2025 that confused us. Like there was just things thrown in that it just didn't really make sense. But again, yeah. this is a story that doesn't make sense when Anarchy says there's 5% population or whatever yeah that didn't uh, make sense unemployment and then the pledge is one percent yeah so i'm not entirely sure when all this takes place and if this takes place in 2040 then i have more problems with this film to be honest because (laughs) none of the tech or anything really adds up for 2040 but in the first film their drones can shoot that and they have glowing contact lenses in the first purge the oh yeah can film and send wireless video and yet 40 yeah. Yeah. what 30 in years later the one that takes place yeah. in 2040 everything's pretty much the same <laughs> yeah exactly or worse yeah or worse, worse. <laughs> but yeah so in this film we've got very similar setup to anarchy we've got a whole bunch of characters we actually have the punisher returning but this time he's basically kevin costner as the bodyguard protecting uh, <laughs> this candidate who's about to potentially swing the tide of the public vote and become president and so the new founding fathers of america who are the people who instigated the purge to begin with are all scared and they're basically decide to change the purge rules where you can kill government um, government officials and so they're of course sending out a whole bunch of militia uh, nazi militia this time to go and kill her so it just becomes basically the same sort of film as the first one uh, sorry it's the second one but with yeah the presidential candidate now stuck in the middle as they come across some other little side characters there's another group of uh, people like you know, low class people, I guess, running a supermarket store who are men who really is like this. These films are very quickly after the first film. It's very interesting. I'd like to see the demographics who are watching this because they seem to have quickly decided from the second film moving forward that, okay, this, these films are for blue collar workers. These are for like real American, you know, people and real families with real jobs. And we need characters that they can identify with because they do that in two, three, and four. Yeah. Uh, whereas in the first one, there's none of that at all. It's the rich versus the rich in the first film. Yeah. Although they are protecting, I guess, a homeless guy. Yeah, so you guys were... I'm trying to remember now. Were you up on this film? Have your feelings changed anyway? I was not. You were not? Why not? No. Have you changed? Because it, it was the first time that it was the same film. <laughs> <laughs> so we were like, what'd you do? You just made the second one again. I think I had... Coming into this, I was really excited because of the concept. The first film was fine. It only took place in a very small, confined space. So then we asked for it to go wider, and then it did. So then we were like, yay! But it wasn't. It was still not as sophisticated as I think we wanted it to be. So then the third one, coming into it, knowing that it was called Election Year, I think I had even higher hopes for it. 
thinking like, oh, okay, this is the one, this is where they're going to make like a really big political statement. And so then I was just let down from an even higher bar. <laughs> they only really introduced one new idea here, which is the idea of tourism. Per yeah. Or death, what they call which it, they murder. they kind of just brush tourism. over. Yeah, they completely brush over it. They have one interesting scene of seeing tourists coming into America for the purge. And then we see them once later when they've all got the, what's on the posters, the, uh, the presidential masks on. Yeah. And then they're dispatched very quickly. So yeah, I mean, there's not much new that's here, but you can, you know, argue whether it does what we've seen before better, I guess. Uh, Lee, how do you feel? Same as Ali, really. I think if you call something election year in that particular year when this came out, you, you better live up to that. And it doesn't really, it doesn't really do what it, you know, what it should have done with those ideas. And I, I really struggled today kind of putting lists together because especially these two, anarchy and election year, they kind of merge together in my head and I lose track of, of what, what happened where. So I think in election year, you've got some, once again, you've got some really nice kind of set pieces, but it, it's just more of the same. It's a massive shame. Really? Because this one you have, I'm trying to remember that. Yeah, you end up when you get to the militia, you got Frank Gorilla where he does that weird one where he just wanders around on his own for a bit and then like tries to kill a guy for no reason. <laughs> yeah. And then they end up sieging the cathedral where the new founding fathers are hiding out and sort of murdering, you know, yeah. certain people and then the would be president who they're about to murder. And the worst gunfight in history, I think. Yeah. Where they're just hiding behind pews <laughs> and nothing happens. You do have that happens. cool like underground hospital which is run by that group that yeah. the senator basically walks in and is like, thank you for helping people, but I don't agree with what you do. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool. Healing. But, I mean, but, again, they have $11 million. Like, they can make this look cool, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, but we should also mention, of course, we have the candy bar gang. Oh. In this one, the bunch of schoolgirls who are upset because she wasn't allowed to steal the candy bar with the most obnoxious, fucking terrible acting. The best I've seen character long, long, long in the whole time. thing. Acting <laughs> and directing and writing. Horrible. Horrible. It's all awful. More of that UV slow mo that you love so much, Lee. Oh, yeah. Um, Very lights on cars. So That's what everyone needs during the purge. Yeah. <laughs> it's so satisfying when she gets hit by the car. Yeah. I think that's is. the best part of the movie. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, no. She gets hit by the car and then she's still alive. Gets a face blown off. Yeah. The girl looks at her right in the face and just. Yeah. And is it right. one of the only harrowing kind of, well, not harrowing, <laughs> uh, but one of the only sort of like, oh, well, I can't believe they actually went that far because there's not yeah. much violence. So we should say again, these are all not uh, 18 certificate in the, if you're in the UK. Uh, these are 15 certificate in the UK, which means yep. it's not that violent, not that nasty. Pretty easy watches, to be honest. Hmm. Almost family horror. <laughs> family horror. <laughs> all right. So that, yeah, and I'm agreeing with you guys. I, like my big problem was we had the first one. It didn't live up to potential. The second one was different. I enjoyed it more, but it still didn't live up to the potential, obviously. I was like, well, I'm fine with that as long as it keeps changing. And it didn't with election year. So then we got a couple more years. The first purge just came out 2018, budgeted at $13 million. We can't do a full gross yet, obviously, because it just came out, but it's doing very well. It's had its first weekend right now. Actually, let me just see because it changes. Obviously, I didn't want to check last night. What is it doing right now? Opening night, it had made $9 million. It was like 90. No, it was like 9. It had made nine million opening evening. Oh, open night, like opening when we evening. recorded this, the day right, after. Well, the we're film. Monday now, so we can see the full weekend how it did. It made seventeen. Sorry, yeah, seventeen million over the first weekend. Total gross thirty-one million. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's already you know made back three times its money in yeah. one weekend. So it's doing fine. 
<laughs> I think the entire the entire franchise so far has made just over quarter of a billion dollars, which considering the budget, it's incredible, isn't it? It's really? Fantastic. Yeah, that one's getting a Rotten Tomato score of fifty two percent. So actually, the <laughs> lowest other than the first Purge, which gets much much lower. Uh, which I'm still just flabbergasted how much lower. If they're all in the 50s or something, you know, but the fact that the first purge is at 38 and the rest are all in 50s. I'm just kind of surprised by that. So the score, according to Rotten Tomatoes, then is the purge anarchy is the highest score. Purge anarchy is number one. Election year number election two. Year, the first purge, purge. And then the purge. Okay. That's the official ranking by Rotten Tomatoes. Hmm. Yeah, so the first purge, yeah, we talked about it last week, so we could be pretty quick about this one. I was the aggressive one. <laughs> I was it. really just fucking hating this movie. And I had to think about it afterwards. I had to think, like, do I just hate this movie because what you're saying? Just because of franchise fatigue. Like, I'm bored of seeing these same ideas. And I do think for sure there's some of that in there. I definitely think if this had been the second one or the third one, maybe I would have been slightly kinder to it. But in all honesty... I didn't care for any of these characters. I hated how it was put together. And we have a new director for the first time, we should say. The Monaco is still writing. And I just really hope the new director was going to have some new blood. And instead, I think it's even worse. I think the directing is worse, less inspired. And we have all this bullshit. Like, they're trying to make up for election year by putting in political stuff. Yeah. And I say stuff because that's really what it is. Like, you know, pussy grab a motherfucker. Like, there's nothing <laughs> intelligent. There's no real commentary to talk about. Which I'm fine with, but then just have fun with it. Yeah, don't try to pull it off if you don't have a team that yeah. can pull it off. And I didn't, I didn't personally find this movie fun. Lee, I know you might have changed this week, so don't give that away, but I know last week you were even teasing this may have been your favorite. Spoilers. <laughs> no, I like, completely get what you're saying. I, th- I think that the, the way they handle all the political stuff is so cag-handed and, and all that kind of nonsense. But they uh, at least they're doing it. And I think that's why I appreciated it, is at least we're getting nods towards the direction that I really want the series to go in. And maybe that's why I responded well to it. I think having thought about it since, I maybe have more complaints than I did when we last spoke. But I still <laughs> liked it more than you did, which isn't very, you know, not, it's not saying very much. <laughs> no. <laughs> not high. All right. Allie. Allie. <laughs> Did you say she that? I didn't talk hear about you. No, 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 no. Oh. I was pretty, you look like you're about to jump in, so I was just like waiting for you to jump in. Oh, I feel like I was doing that to you. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful pregnant pause. I was kind of somewhere in between both of you, but closer to Lee. I think I liked it because I liked. I was excited to have the main actor in there, but I was still pissed that it was the same movie. And even more so now that it's the third time they've done that. It's just lazy. Oh, you just reminded me of that main actor. Biddy Buff Boy. I just reminded you of him. Yeah, I'd completely forgotten about him. I was like, yeah, I hated yeah. him, but yeah. Elon Noel. Oh, I hated it. He was more annoying for me than Frank Grillo. You see, he was what? just like. I disagree. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So those were the movies. Only four films. Very strange to only be talking about four films in a franchise. <laughs> um, that's why we dwindled a little bit. Dwindled? Why we are. Uh, Dwindled? What's the word? Well, yeah, sure. We dwindled on them for sure. All right. So lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of fan films. If you go on the old YouTube and you type in the Purge fan film, I dare you to try and watch them all because I fucking tried. Please uh-uh. don't. <laughs> don't so do that you guys, to yourself. I was nice and mean to you guys. I gave <laughs> you the task of if you... Well, actually, I only gave it to Lee, I believe, but then Ali took it on herself. Thank you, Ali. Thank you for doing that. I did. <laughs> So, which ones was it I said to you guys? There were a couple of UK ones, weren't there? 
Yeah, it was yeah. both. Yeah. There were two UK ones that we watched. One was 35 minutes, which for any fan film should be illegal, frankly. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> it was described as a short film. 35 minutes is not a short film. Really. Technically, some festivals consider that. Well, it felt a lot longer. I agree that for a fan film, no, no. should not be allowed. No. <laughs> not allowed, not allowed. What is your review on this film? Because I'll be honest, I didn't watch all of this one. I watched the first five minutes of it uh, because I had to watch a lot of other ones. Um, so I gave these you. You made the right choice by only watching the first five <laughs> minutes. I think, Ali, you've got loads more to say about this. <laughs> I immediately, I was overwhelmed with many, many thoughts. <laughs> the first... The first and most important thought that was recurring throughout both of these, all 45 minutes combined, was I am so happy I'm no longer in film school. (laughs) I am so happy I don't have to sit in a classroom and watch these films because this is like, this is the kind of quality that we would see in film school because you're learning and you don't know how to edit sound yet. And in the fucking 35 minute one, I kid you not, I had to turn the volume up and then immediately turn it way down like every four minutes because of how (laughs) off it was. So they would be like just having an intimate conversation. It would be super quiet. Then I would turn it up and then all of a sudden just fucking blaring music would turn on. It was (laughs) horrible. It was a nightmare. They essentially are just making a parody of the first one of The Purge, not the first Purge. So there's no new twist in there. There's no new idea. It's just trying to replicate. It's basically them, yeah, using all of the uh, staple moments, basically, but trying to make it funny. So it takes place in the one house. The people, even they're in a shitty apartment. And then there's a group of four college kids who show up and they have a camera, a security camera outside of this shitty apartment that for some reason these tenants have access to the footage. And live streamed, nonetheless. <laughs> and then one of the, one of the students who is living in this shitty apartment with the other guy comes in and is like, "Oh man, my company's doing so well. We just hit the billion dollar mark." And I was just like, "Shut the fuck up! <laughs> you did not look at what you're wearing. Look at where you're living." It was ridiculous. And he arrives with like a briefcase just full of cocaine, doesn't he? And starts. it's just the most ridiculous thing what annoyed me the most was like during the opening scene he's driving in his car so you kind of get a replica of the uh, the first the first purge where you know he's having a chat on the phone and stuff but like his accent switches like he's american one second and then he's like british and then you've got an american (laughs) talk show host on the british radio station it's like are you making the uk purge what are you what are you doing what are you doing that's pretty (laughs) basic Fantastic. The only thing I I liked, I used like. the word liked very, very lightly, is when they the four guys turn up outside of the apartment complex and they're talking into the camera. They are basically saying the same thing as the guy in the first film of like, we want one of you if you don't surrender yourself, we're we going to be coming in and we can get in. And then he holds up a key and he went, because you left your key under the mat. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, that's the kind of Purge film that I want to see. Just something ridiculously silly. Yeah. So that was a good moment. Yeah. Everything else was horrible. (laughs) Is is this making you appreciate the other Purge films more? (laughs) No. 
It all, I it honestly just made me dislike it more. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, because we, we don't cover the, we don't cover fan films enough in these wrap ups, but we probably should because there's quite a lot. But the purge is like there's so many, it's insane. Which I do think speaks a lot about the popular culture this has had, uh, which we'll get to at the end. I'm going to go through a few more of these fan films, but it is interesting how much it is just part of the vernacular, you know. Like, to, I mean, obviously, you to purge has been around for in different you know ways, but it's very much just linked to this film. And the amount of stuff if you go on YouTube, you see fake outs at schools where people have gone to the tannoy systems and put over the fur the purge <laughs> transmission. Oh, there was a huge thing in 2014 in Colorado where some kid like did this tweet about a purge that was going to happen in Colorado, and it actually made like there's footage of people with 20 locks on their doors, like scared of what's happening. What? There's videos on YouTube of girls just going, "Oh, people are so stupid. Can't believe they think a purge is going to happen." But people were scared because even if it's not real, that some kids will take it as real, you know, right. and go and do stupid things. Which is valid, I feel, in America, sadly. Yeah. But it's had such a huge effect as yeah, this popular thing, which is why I'm even more amazed there isn't more merchandise to do with it. It's like this is such a part of popular mm. culture now. But it's also, I feel like in terms of merchandise and like like horror films, there's a lot of like little like look behind me, let all of Al's little toys and characters yep. to do with horror films that are classics i feel like with this there's not what the one thing is that there's not one clear villain that like people eventually start to root for because they have fun watching it's different every time and it's also like i was actually thinking about this because lee spoilers for our personal lives i started that doing this thing where i like to buy presents for the people who are on the franchises <laughs> that I am a part of because I think it's cute. Aww. And I was looking for this and then there first of all there's not very many things you could buy t-shirts <laughs> or characters or little toys or whatever. And then I was also like if I found a t-shirt I wouldn't want to wear no. it. No. <laughs> yeah. That's because true. there's no recurring characters there's nothing that you would be able to recognize unless it was like the purge and just had that writing on the shirt in which I'm case i don't really want to promote that <laughs> it was a purge shirt that said make america great again and that's just yeah mm. oh well, no, no no it was, see i don't it was keep america great sorry but obviously it's a riff on okay. that and it's like you don't want to be wearing that sort of stuff right yeah that's why i'm like i don't want anyone to take that as me promoting so, this to be honest, idea i think a lot i think you're in the minority i think a lot of america would be quite happy wearing that purge shirt because again like i think you're saying you know at the end of the first purge people in your audience gasped at the half masked american flag yeah. i think a lot of people might misinterpret these films you know and to be honest i think demonico doesn't know what he's trying to say no. either because <laughs> it's like okay i got some political commentary i want to say but also i think this is a lot of fun and clearly, guns are fun, because as we're going to get to when we get to our list, yeah, you hit on a real nail there, Ali, a problem for me. There is no central villain, and kills are kind of boring, because when you go through all the kill lists, and I went through them all on YouTube, what's every kill count, again, for all these films, other than obviously the first purge, it's pretty much just all bullets. Like, almost everything is just people with guns shooting yeah. each other. And it's, that's the most boring thing to have in a horror film, which is why I think this does become very quickly more of an action series than a horror series. Um, because tension is low when you have guns. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Some other fan films. Uh, quickly, so you guys did another UK one that was shorter, right? It was 10 minutes or something? Yeah. Was there that was, one any better? The majority of it was filmed on <laughs> one street, <laughs> like one residential street that had the same van outside every time they cut to that shot. So I'm sure it was like <laughs> the DP or director was living there 
Woke up at sunrise, ran outside his house, put the camera down, recorded it for a little bit, went back inside, waited for sunlight, ran back out, recorded it for a little bit, and then did the same thing at sunset. I felt like they th- and that, that week they'd just discovered how to do nice smooth pans and someone had just bought a tripod <laughs> and that's literally what they did for 10 <laughs> minutes. Just panned on a tripod <laughs> as a guy walked down the street. It was, yeah. Not good. There were a lot of. Was it this one or was it the longer one where they would like be be panning the sky and then just like rotate down yeah. to the, like the guy what? walking? Yeah. They did that like four or five yeah. times. That's brilliant. <laughs> was this? Would you recommend this more than the other one, or just because it's shorter? It's shorter. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you don't watch either of them, if you're considering watching either of these, I'd say go and have a nap instead. That's a much better use of your time. <laughs> much more productive. <laughs> much more productive. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry for you both, but I'm also not sorry because <laughs> I watched. <laughs> okay, listen to this list. You ready? And I say watched. I have to admit, some of these are so because a lot of these are 15 minutes long. The right. majority of these fan films oh, are about 15 I'm minutes sorry. long. It's 15 <laughs> minutes, minutes long. <laughs> are you ready? All right, listen to this. The Purge Bloodshed by Fogion Productions. I think these are the only times any of these fan films are going to be talked about in public. So congratulations, you all made it. <laughs> Uh, by Productions. This one was so fucking dark I couldn't even see anything that was going on basically for most of it. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Uh, the Purge Blood Ties from Hashtag TV. This was just some obnoxious teenage girls in a house. Like, I mean, to be fair, I'm not trying to be mean. Most of these people are like, this is our first thing. We did our best. We're all excited. We think it turned out pretty good. That's the sentence I judge them for. <laughs> the rest yeah. of it is like, you know what? They're trying to make movies. Go for it. It's great. Like, go and do your thing. Honestly. I embrace that. I think it's great. It's our job to tear them to pieces because, hey, it's fun. Uh, that one was terrible. I'm going to point out three that were good, actually, but, well, not good. That may be too far. Better. There's the Purge short fan film by Steve.mpeg. This one's hilarious. It's better than the previous two I just talked about. It's a one-man show, so it was shot, edited, and starring one person wow. in just a few hours. He did it just a few hours. That's hilarious. Uh, so you have him like looking at a character and then it's him standing there in the shadows with a mask on and then back to him acting against himself. Oh my like, God. It's amazing. It's pretty funny. It's short enough and it, you can tell like maybe if he actually had a crew, he could do something. So there's one that's actually all right. It's called Petty Purge. It's by Big Ya. Um, I don't know if this is actually a hip hop artist or something, but it's a comedy one. There's a hip hop song in it, like in the middle of the short film, it suddenly goes into a hip hop song. And... <laughs> All of the credits at the end are just their like social media signs. So it's just like this character played by at whatever. Right. <laughs> just like, okay. Great That's funny. But it's, yeah, the ending's actually fairly funny. And there's some charm and some char- charisma to it. Um, it's okay. Then there's The Purge 2 Reload by Ronnie Hicks. This is like two minutes of just slow motion shots of a person posing with a mask and a gun, basically, in a blade. <laughs> <laughs> Then there's The Purge, The Break-In by Calvin Sainz. This looks like it was shot on a DSLR, but with no talent whatsoever. It could be okay, but the acting is so bad. And like most of these, kind of like what you were saying, Ali, most of these just don't have any sound. So it's like, there's some blaring music and then no sound and then suddenly sound will jump in completely unmixed and it just makes it unwatchable. There's The Purge Vengeance by Mike Owen Films, which begins on a... I don't know if he gets sponsorship. It doesn't look like he does, but it begins on a close-up of a Nestle water bottle. (laughs) (laughs) And it's very much like, hey, look at this. My first comment on the 10-minute one was, is this sponsored by Nike? Because there were so many shots of them following his footsteps (laughs) in his Nike shoes. 
the only reason to watch the post vengeance is because it has it's really tacky really bad but it's shockingly like he's fighting this person on purge night as a father and you got this kid next to him who must be like six or something or five and then the kid just suddenly gets shot and blood goes oh. everywhere. Oh. <laughs> it's really like, what? And I was looking for the comments <laughs> to find people upset about it, but everyone seems pretty, everyone's like, well done, it's really good. <laughs> really quite shocking. Then there's the Purge Origins from Creative Minds, which has one of my favorite lines. Someone's at the door saying, oh no, I can't hold this person in custody. It's a police officer saying, because it's Purge tomorrow. And then the guy in the door's like, it's Purge? And he's like, yeah, all crime is legal for 12 hours. And then the guy goes, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> as you do, of course. As you yeah. would. As you would. Yeah. Really dull. Really dull, that one. Uh, there's The Purge 3 by Berrios. Oh, just, wow. I don't know where that fits in the canon. And that's by Berrios Brothers. This has a ponytail boy and his girlfriend who's basically versus US President Purges. Um, there's trying to do things properly, to be fair. There's some effects there, even for gunshots, of things like ricochet and stuff like that. But it's just very lethargic. But I guess there are worse fan films out there. One that is worth watching, I think Ali, you'd enjoy this one, is from... It's had 8.5 million views. So this is from quite a big YouTube oh, channel called Pizza for Breakfast. And it's called When the Purge Ends. It's and I won't spoil great. the end of it. But it's actually funny. It's actually funny. I recommend it. It's not all as funny as it thinks it is. Like most things, it goes on too long. It could end up yeah. being shorter. But keep going with it because the ending of it is the funniest bit. So sure. is well, it, it like follows kind of the cleanup of post-purge life? Sure, sort of. It's like a bunch of three people are about to kill this guy and then the purge ends and then it, what, what happens afterwards, basically. Uh, I um, see. But it's pretty funny. Then there's the purge the morning after, which is indeed the cleanup. That's from First Flock Pictures. It's actually okay made, but it's not for me. Then there was The Purge After Party by Adam <laughs> Andy Winar- Winwood. This is a UK comedy. Again, this is definitely about the cleanup. Really bad. Could be better maybe if they made it properly. There's Broken, which is set into two parts. The Purge fan film by Flying Noodles. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't very good. And then there's Revenge, a Purge shot by JRW Productions, which was bad as well. The best one. So I'm, at the moment, I'm recommending Petty Purge, which is comedy. And When the Purge Ends, I'm definitely recommending. Uh, probably my favorite one, actually, was The Purge 2024. This is by Candlelight Film Productions. There's not much sound in there, so it's not great with that. There's a hell of a lot of slow-mo, <laughs> so it definitely Your feels kind of... I like it. I'm going to watch it. It's one of those ones where you're like, I don't know how much money they had for this. It doesn't look like much, but it looks pretty decent, and you're genuinely watching it going, look, if, you know, give these people maybe some money to make another Purge film because... It doesn't look that far off, to be honest. <laughs> the real thing. <laughs> so they're the free odds, yes. But yeah, that feels about about your fucking half an hour now, do you? I watched all of those motherfuckers. You had a fun morning, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> oh, that was, that was wow. horrible. Okay, I, had something I did. Else I wanted say. to ask because we talked about the other film called Meet the Blacks. Yes, sorry. I watched yes. the trailer for it. Mm, I'm sorry. I don't know if anybody hmm. watched the full film. So I tried to, that's what I was trying to get onto and I forgot. Uh, so yeah, the other two things we were tasked with was, yeah, Meet the Blacks. So Meet the Blacks is a feature-length cinematic theater release film, which is basically meant to be like a Purge sequel, but not in name. And they get away with it, I think, because it's meant to be a parody. And by parody laws, you're allowed to rip stuff off like that. However, it's not funny. So I think they should be <laughs> sued. <laughs> I couldn't. I tried so hard. I tried so hard to get through this last night and I actually fell asleep watching wow. it because it was just so fucking terrible. It was just... 
just the worst type of humor. <laughs> Did you enjoy this trailer, Ali? I felt like I, I gathered everything they were going to do in it from the trailer. So I was like, oh, I, I saw the movie. Great. Really bad, but, <laughs> but if you do need more purge in your life, then Meet the Blacks is out there for you. And then the Rick and Morty episode, which is how I maybe really helped with the popular culture for the purge. That was my first proper um, exposure sure. to the purge. So, yeah. Yeah, Katie really? as well. She's, she's seen that, but she's never seen the purge film. I think a lot of people know about the purge because of this. And obviously they've seen posters and stuff and trailers. Mm. I am new to Rick and Morty. Um, I, I am have also. seen the, the pickle episode and that is it. Have you seen anything before, Ali? No, I had mentioned I read in my screenwriting class, somebody wrote a spec script for Rick and Morty. So I kind of understood the characters based off of his interpretation of them <laughs> and his spec script. But right. I watched this with Sean, who really likes the show. So, And Haruka's a huge fan. Haruka, who does, who's co-hosted somebody's like Romero's Living Dead and Danny Boyle. She's a huge Rick and Morty fan. She's always trying to get me to watch some. Lee, you've watched some Rick and Morty. I've watched you? all of them far too many times. It's kind of my go-to show. If there's nothing on and I want to watch something, <laughs> I will watch them again, 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 and again, and again, and again, because I just love them. Yeah. All right, so you, you as the fan, how do you feel about the Purge episode of Rick and Morty? Now that you've seen the Purge, does it like, you know, is it more enjoyable, less enjoyable? Do you find thinking about it in that way? I'll be honest, actually, having watched the films, I don't think it really adds anything to that particular episode because it's just about the concept, really. There's nothing kind of specific they're riffing on in any of the films. There's no Punisher. There's no Punisher. <laughs> There's no Punisher. And I think, actually, as a Rick and Morty episode, it's definitely not one of their better ones at all. It's a decent episode and there's some right. funny, funny moments and it does, you know, take the piss out of the purge, but it's not their best episode by any stretch. Okay. Okay. Still fun, though. <laughs> Ali, how did you enjoy your first foray? Well, that was going to be my question is, well, how does this rank with other episodes? So it's, I think Sean was like, laughed and was like, yeah, it's funny. That's kind of how their characters are. But I gathered that from him, from his perspective, it's not the best episode and other ones yeah. are funnier, but that it was good. I, at the end of it, was just even, <laughs> it made me even more convinced that their next film, it has to be a comedy. Like, that's the only direction this can go in because they can't. It's just like it's pissing happen, me Ali. off more and more that they keep trying to. <laughs> Never going to happen. Trying to make it serious, it. but also like cool with their LED lights and their glowing contact lenses. Like they just they can't find that balance. And it's so bad. Do you want a live action so Rick just, and Morty purge? I then. need it to be Rick and Morty. <laughs> okay. I need it to be Shaun of the Dead. I think that yes. would be hilarious. Yes course yeah i don't know why i really struggle with rick and morty i don't um it's not that i hate it he burps a lot that's what i didn't understand that and sean was like oh he's an alcoholic and i was like do alcoholics burp a lot no, yeah i don't know about it i don't like burping and he's so like always drooling on himself too <laughs> yeah i'll be yeah. honest there's been a lot of times where i've nearly got into watching it and then i someone always says yeah he burps a lot and i'm like all right i'm out <laughs> like, i just don't like burping yeah, I don't know. I've watched this in the pickle episode. I definitely preferred the pickle episode. What's the pickle episode? I don't, yeah, I don't love Rick there and Morty. There are a couple of episodes that are, I think it's like intergalactic TV, it's called, or something like that, which is basically based around the guys who play the main characters improvising in a, in a, you know, in the sound booth and coming up with bizarre TV shows. And that style of humor right. is hilarious. So if you're going to watch any episodes of Rick and Morty, <laughs> watch those. But you've okay. ruined it for me now by reminding me that he burps all the time because you kind of forget that. <laughs> Whereas now I'm just going to notice that all the time. <laughs> really upset me. Yeah, and the drool. I was just yeah. like, get a napkin, yeah. man. Like, 
That's what I didn't understand. The burp, I guess, like depending on what you drink, sure, you burp a lot. But I was like, why is he drooling on himself? And Sean was like, oh, he's an alcoholic. That's why he burps also. And I was like, what? Nope. <laughs> is that a, <laughs> a tell strange me why, quality that I didn't know about? Why the artwork is very clean lined other than their pupils, which are scratchy yeah. little scribbles. Really bothered <laughs> yeah, the shit out of me. It didn't bother me. I thought that was kind of funny. I kept wanting to like just fix it. It was really <laughs> annoying me. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Well, we did that. <laughs> so, let's get into some of our lists, shall we? Yes. Okay, what should we start with? Let's kick off with the best masks. So, these films have a whole bunch of fucking masks. And I went through trying to find, like, reviews of all of them on YouTube. There aren't as many as you think. But there's so many and so many in the background. I know I'm not. I know I'm missing the best ones. I know there's some cool ones in the background that are just there for a split second, you know. But my personal two favorite masks are actually both from Anarchy. And they're actually both part of, we call it the ice cream van gang. I think most people call it the dirt bike gang. So I I do love the one that... Yeah, our our name's much better. I do love the one everybody loves, which is the smeared mask is what it's called. They actually sell this one um, and it's got God written on the forehead. Yeah. I do think that's creepy. There's something for me. It's like when we did Child's Play and we hit that Chucky where he looks sad rather than you know evil and it creeps me out a lot more. Yeah. There's something about that face that's pretty scary. My favorite one though isn't a mask technically and it is the leader of that gang. It's the guy with the face painted skeleton mask and then the upside down cross on his forehead. There's something about the combination of his face and the design of that mask. I just think it's very classic, very cool, also creepy. I could see him as a superhero or as someone I'm terrified of in a cult who's about to murder me and do terrible things, you know. So yeah, they're, they're probably my two favorite masks. Not the most interesting ones. I think they're both quite boring, actually. But they really, for me, like look up more iconic than a lot of the others. I put the same ones down, actually. I put the, kind of the, the, oh, really? yeah, the clown gang, generally. But that one you just described just there was my was my favorite one. Cause he, I think he's on some of the posters, isn't he? He is. He's on most of the posters from Anarchy. I think it's. I think they chose well. And I think before I really before we watched the series, that was the image I had in my head. So for whatever reason, that lodged in my brain, which I think is a, right. a good a good sign for a mask. I had the ice cream g- in general before I went back and rewatched videos. I had written down ice cream gang masks. And then in parentheses, I wrote down Kiss Me because that was one mask that I remember there being. And that's actually yeah. from candy election girl. year. Yeah, it is. It's Candy Girl. Is it Candy Girl who it's wears candy the Kiss girl. Me mask? Oh, yeah. well, I didn't even. I looked up the Kiss Me mask and immediately like the line said election year. So I crossed it off my list just based on that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good mask, though. It's like it's the monster cool one mask, with teeth and stuff. But the fact that stuff. it was from election year, I was like, no. Yeah, <laughs> I have other options because I had also written down that I remembered really liking the ice cream gang masks. So I went back and rewatched that scene where they're in the parking lot, like at the beginning of the film of the supermarket. Mm. And I forgot that so many of them were painted on like that one that you were saying with the upside down cross. But even yeah. some of the yeah. other guys, as they pan to them, some of them have like half a mask, like kind of like Phantom of the Opera style where it's just yeah, it part of their face. The but then it's paint. Yeah, absolutely. And there's one guy who has like a mouth painted down his neck and chest that like connects to his actual mouth. It's really crazy. I thought it was really cool. But for my favorite, I wrote down the one that says God, just because the direction I want these films to go in is either really, really dark or really funny. And I think Mm -hmm. this plays into the really dark aspect of it in terms of like these people are 
essentially playing God and deciding who's gonna die. So it's, yeah. I liked and that. And then you get that idea. iconic little wave from him. With yeah, the slow with his creepy. like band aid finger. Hmm. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. Interesting. We went for the same uh, type of ones. So best purge activity was something that we came up with. I was going to go with best kill, which I do. I think they merge together, you know? Yeah. And I do have some of those, but I was also like activity because there's stuff people are just doing in the streets, you know, they're just <laughs> doing strange stuff. So there's so many for this. And again, I feel like I'm missing the best ones, but I don't care enough to go back sadly with <laughs> this franchise and check every bit of it. I there's the beheadings in the street which sticks out for me a little yeah. bit where someone's actually bothered to somehow import like a French a guillotine. guillotine. <laughs> <laughs> but my favorite of those is probably the math the ridiculous scene which is in Anarchy, isn't it? Where there's a huge swinging giant blade or is it no? Election it's year? election year. Election, it's election year. year. that one down as well. It's an election year. Swinging giant <laughs> yeah. blade and then people off screen just <laughs> laughing and just like cheering. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's like, like tall enough that they up? could crawl under it, but they like yeah. just stare at yeah. it for a while. <laughs> I was like, can you imagine how heavy that is? Like, how would you set that up? That would take you like three days with cranes just yeah. to get that in place. Like, it's ridiculous. <laughs> and when they don't die, like the guys who are laughing just like, oh, oh, we nearly got you there. Oh, yeah, on, yeah. you crazy yeah. people. Ooh, it's fucking on. hilarious. And yeah. it's so post-production-y. It's so funny. Brilliant. But in terms of actual kills, yeah, like the killing candy bar girl, it's the most satisfying for sure. <laughs> you want to see her die. <laughs> but I was really surprised. Like my favorite kill is such a boring one. But it's, again, we talked about it early. I know you liked it at the time. But it's when the Manson girl dies from Ethan Hawke in that first film. When you just because of how they shoot it. When he yeah. shotguns her and she's on top of the yeah. pool table she's and she does a scream. And the her body movements stunt, are really cool. It's brilliant. She just like flips off, her legs come off, she smacks her head and back into the pool table and goes on the floor. And it just looks so violent. It's really, well, contextually for this franchise, it's a really cool kill. Yeah. Um, but sadly, not much happens. Like in any other franchise, there'll be a huge hole through her chest at the same time or something yeah. crazy like that. <laughs> uh, what about you guys? The, um, aside from the swinging blade, which um, is definitely one of my favorite bits, the... There's a, another section in election year where you see a few shots of people strapped to the front of the car. Oh, yes. Um, and like I thought, death proof. okay, are we going to go a bit darker here? But they don't really do much more with anything like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Just driving around screaming. And you don't see what, what actually happens to them. It could be fun. I used to do that <laughs> with a friend of mine. He used to sit oh, on really? my hood of my car and we'd just drive down here yeah, Cornish roads. <laughs> <laughs> I do not recommend. Don't do this at home, please. Bad idea. Was it was it like uh, consensual for the pair of you, or did you just strap him no, to, no, the front of the car? to the car? Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was the Cornish and a sock purge. In his mouth. Is that on YouTube? <laughs> the Cornish we purge. That? We should totally yeah. make that film. My list actually does not coincide with the best kill, which I was kind of excited that you phrased it the way you did because I didn't have to write down what kill I liked. <laughs> because <laughs> then I could write down two options. Which I have a favorite of the two, but my two options were both from the first purge, and it's the couple having sex on the car in public, <laughs> and the guy trying to steal money from the ATM, which I guess leads to a kill. But the act so of say, him going to take money from the ATM is my favorite because that's what I want. When you say your favorite purge activity, you're thinking of what you want to do during a purge: yeah. have sex <laughs> in public sex. and steal money from an ATM. <laughs> you said activity that's those are both activities in that order or would you steal money first and then have sex do you think i'd probably steal money first because then you could have sex and all the money yeah 
Oh, even better. In public. No one could do anything about it. But I think yeah, that says brilliant. a lot about the films, that those are your two favourite things, because all we normally see is people killing each other, don't we? That's one of the yeah, very, I'm just like, I'm the rare rare occasions. Yeah. I, I think that says a lot shit. about Ali, actually. Uh, well, about that's it. true. It's very true. <laughs> <laughs> that we went to post-purge activities, all right, how would you kill people? And she went to, no, the other fun things I could do. <laughs> yeah, you could steal things. <laughs> um, very good. All right. So what about best uh, protagonists? So, okay. <laughs> Look at everyone's faces. I, don't know who, I, I, think I didn't know if we were sticking to the same order, if we're just... How yeah, do you right, want to do this? I've already, I've already said mine, and I know it's controversial in this crowd, um, and I'm fine with that. Uh, my favorite <laughs> protagonists are the mother and daughter in Anarchy, because I genuinely, like I said at the time, I always got their mother and daughter straight away. I didn't get confused with the relationship, and I loved that they had a genuine thing that you have when you're in a single parent family like that of, you know, the kid is taken over as the mother at points and then the mother's taken over at mother points and it's like pendulum swing between who's in control from scene to scene to scene. No, it's not the best, most sophisticated writing as everything in this franchise, but I think the actors do fine with it and I just care the most about it. When I look back on the series and think, who was I most worried about and who did I most want to see get to the end? Unlike most horror franchises, there's no one who I'm desperate to see get to the end. I'm fine. But these were the two who I was most like, no, I'm on with their journey. And if they popped up, if I had to have re- a characters come back from a previous film in a future Purge film, I'd probably want Ethan Hawke. But just because it's Ethan Hawke <laughs> yeah. and it would be a face to have back. Uh, but in terms of characters, I would want to have these, these two back again. Like They're the two I'd be most interested if I had to have returning characters. Uh, so by default, they're my favorite. Lee. The younger brother from the first Purge. For me. Is it Asaya? Oh, the one who hides in the cupboard all the time with his little robot tank? No, the first Purge is in the fourth movie. Oh, the first movie. Purge. Is See, the I keep thinking the about the I know, the it's bit so bit. Oh my God. It's, it's like Xboxes. It's like, which is the <laughs> yeah. first Xbox anymore? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, how? So the younger brother. Oh, okay. So the one who's drug dealing. Isaiah. And then... Isaiah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Why him? Because I feel like he's one of the more realistic characters in terms of how he reacts to the situation. And deals with things. And like even when presented with the opportunity to kill Skeletor, you know, he 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 doesn't he, <laughs> he doesn't go scared. through with that. He gets scared because the reality of actually killing someone is is quite an extreme thing. That's quite a nice little arc to see, to see him going from sort of stepping into being a drug dealer and then maybe not being able to follow through with the rest of the requirements of being involved in that kind of uh, in that kind of lifestyle. So I quite like him. Although he still hides in really stupid places and does stupid things. It still makes me very oh, angry. Exclusively stupid things, yeah. doesn't he? I think. Yeah. Uh, Allie. I agree that I like the idea of the mother-daughter relationship is interesting. And for me, when it comes to movies and deciding whether I like the film overall or not comes down to I don't notice technical stuff really. Like I know a lot of the time you point out bad CGI and it just kind of goes over my head and I take it as it comes to me. But I like if it's good writing or a really good idea i'll forgive acting if it's not as great but it it kind of comes down to for me which is better or which is worse like which one am i more passionate about so i like the idea of a mother-daughter relationship but i hated the acting more than i liked the idea of that (laughs) which is why i i just immediately was like no i don't like those characters so for me my favorite protagonist was actually shockingly enough elon noel dimitri from the first purge Mostly because 
like sure he's a similar character to sergeant not in the second film in the third film because in the second film he just carries everybody but i thought he was a better actor he's the only one not the only one you have ethan hawk he's the only one who's in this similar structure film so two through four i think that is a good actor and doesn't make me cringe through different scenes so he's my favorite protagonist you don't think any of that is carrying over from the fact you like him from a different show? <laughs> oh, it absolutely could be, but I like him because I think he's a good actor. Okay, okay. Again, like I'm not considered like he he could be good in something else. Like me not knowing this guy coming to him in this film, he was more cliched than Frank Grillo for me. Like he was just so over the top, beefed up drug dealer who protects. Like for me, he did exactly what you're saying. I don't think any more or less than Frank Grillo in either of them, but he just carries everybody in this film. And no one can save themselves unless he turns up to, you know, to sort stuff out with his magic mattresses and <laughs> magic cupboards that he's shoving people into. He, he, for me, was like equally as much of just an action hero lead. Only he looks more action hero to me because he's fucking built. Whereas Frank Grillo mm. looks like maybe actually you could push him over. Like he doesn't look <laughs> that strong, to be honest. So I can argue for sure that this guy's a more effective lead for that role. But for me... Yeah, for me, it was just like, oh, he really annoyed me just because he was so, just so, like, much of like, okay, a jacked up drug dealer who, like, has the heart of gold and kicks everybody's ass kind of thing. It was more cliched for me. But I can appreciate if, like, you're carrying a little bit in of you like him, because I do carry some stuff in from Frank Grillo if I know I like him a bit from the Marvel Universe, you know? Right. So I have a bit of an affinity to him. And as soon, if I hadn't identified him as the Punisher in, that, in Anarchy, then I probably wouldn't. But, like, thinking of him in that way makes me immediately like that character because i like that type of i like that kind of i like the crow you know i like the character of you killed my family so i'm going to unstoppably kill all of you kind of thing um revenge stuff <laughs> we all had different choices though that's nice i did yeah. not see yours coming lee at all and two from the first purge so there you go <laughs> All right, so best villain, and this is where I fall apart because I don't have something here because this is the point I was going to wind up to and we've already touched on it twice. There is no fucking, like, there's, there's no real villain. Everyone in these. is your I villain mean, on The Purge. Yeah, and there's no central thing here. I mean, it's like, is it just the government? Is it, you know, like, honestly, my favorite one, yeah, is the lead guy from the first film. And I hate snotty young kids in horror films. I hate them being the baddies because I just find them so obnoxious. But he's the only one who's vaguely creepy to me. Mm. The rest are just action villains. People yeah. with big guns. People with, you know, stupid masks or whatever. This guy's actually had a presence. And yeah, when he kills his friend for like interrupting him. Yeah. Like you feel some nervousness about him. As a cult leader. Because that's how he kind of feels. He feels more like he's running a cult. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, there's no one really that satisfying to me as a villain. And I do think as the more I thought about that, the more I realized that's a, my huge problem with this series it's like there isn't and i don't need like necessarily one big bad that's going to carry through but i need more interesting characters because the government again is painted so one sheet of we're evil 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 government it's like we'll make them more interesting more complicated and make the people on the streets more interesting more complicated because like again i would give the ice cream van best villains but they're not really villains and you find out oh actually they're just doing a job and and i like that i like that you know we get denied sort of villain status from some people where it's just like no they're just making the best out of a shitty situation kind of thing yeah but yeah difficult category for, for this franchise <laughs> do you guys manage to pick anybody i think just white people 
<laughs> all white people. All white people in these films are just bad. Of course, that's that's incredibly racist of me to say as as a white person. I'm that woke. I'm that woke. I can be racist. On, you have to clarify that on the podcast. I do. <laughs> that you're white. Uh, completely white. Uh, no, my favorite villain is the crazy gun lady from the Purge Anarchy. Crazy, crazy gun, gun lady. lady. The one when she stood in like front, shouting. the bidding for the sort of purge. For the, for the rich people to go and purge the different groups. And she stood there talking about, oh, you want to use this weapon? It's got a really good oh, kind of pull oh, action. Right, right, right. And she's like, got being really discharge. sexual. That's yeah, good discharge, that's it. Being really sexual with all these weapons and things. I think she does that so beautifully. That's funny. Love to see more of her. <laughs> Would you? <laughs> Would you now? Love to see more of her. In fact, that, she is pretty much what I imagined those uh, kind of more upper class Trump fanatics to be like, really. Yes. So, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's funny. Allie, what about you? I actually have the same dude down from the first movie. Just because he yeah. he is the most interesting for me, I think, because I it is kind of like what you were saying, these characters are very annoying. But he's I think he pulls it off. I like his calm demeanor. I don't think he does it he takes it over the top at all. And I think he had one of the better writing pieces to work with, which is helpful. So yeah, I think his, I like that he starts off with his mask on. They all have their masks on, but I like that he takes his off and he's the only one who takes it off. Cause he's kind of just like, look, I don't care. I'm here to do this. <laughs> I'm here to kill this person. I don't give a shit if you know who I am. I don't give a shit if I have to kill my friend cause he interrupted me. And I just think he's a cool character. Yeah. I, I would be also happy to see to him return. I think it would be cool to have him in a future Purge movie. Yeah, because he made it, didn't he? He's out. He, he was, didn't he? Did he? Did they all die? I don't remember, actually. Because the neighbors come in and kill everybody, but it does, I don't remember. I mean, I guess he must die, actually. Maybe. So maybe he can't come weeks. back. Don't remember. So just very, very quickly then, uh, I didn't say this to you guys, but just to remind people, I have written down most of the gangs. Now, obviously, there are a lot of gangs that you, you whiz by such as the Flamethrower Gang, the Quad Bike Gang, the KKK Mercenary Gang. Uh, but the ones that are really featured, we've got the Candy, uh, candy Bar Girls from Election Year. Uh, we've got the Freaks from The Purge, which are the main ones. We've got the Dirt Bike Gang or Ice Cream Van Gang, as we like to call them, from Anarchy. Then you've got the Patriots, which we call the Tourists from Election Year. You've got just the Neighbors from The Purge. The Rich Auction Hunters, which is Lee's Lot from Anarchy. The Nazi Mercs from Election Year. And then the worship community, uh, which are really the new founding fathers from election year in that final scene in the, uh, in the big cathedral thing. I don't know. I mean, maybe you guys are falling down on the same. But for me, it's the ice cream van gang are my favorite gang. Yep. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. I'd kind of like to see actually just a film with them, to be honest, because they all got out okay, didn't they? Yeah. Just seeing them going around, picking up people. And their story is quite again, interesting. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think we've talked about this many times, not just on this particular franchise but in general on these podcasts is that villains are more interesting when you can relate to them or when you understand them so the second you Entirely. find out they're like no we're we're short on money and this is an easy way to get cash it's shitty yeah. but we have to do it and then you're like damn who do i root for i don't know so i like them so yes let's go in finally to these four films not that many not many surprises can really happen there's only so many different ways that we can jumble these together to be honest <laughs> Uh, but we're going to be talking from our least favorite Purge film up to our favorite Purge film. Let's start with Lee Comley. 
So do you want me to go through the whole list? Go from worst to... Worst, worst to favourite. Worst to favourite. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <sighs> to be honest, so many of the... Uh, well, all of them, I could, I could jig them around because there are elements of each that I do like. But the fourth, election year. Third, anarchy. Oh, why, why, why election year or fourth then? Why election year fourth? Because I think, like I was saying earlier on, I think if you're going to call something election year and you give promise to maybe do something more political and do something a bit more topical, then you should bloody well do it. And this really is half-assed. And also, it's kind of a retread of a lot of the beats of Anarchy and feels very, very similar. And so that's Was why... Was it because you had uh, a man in it who kept saying, My Negro? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly that. Number three, you said Anarchy. So why number three? Number three, Anarchy. Because I don't know why it's number three. It is. <laughs> it just is number three. I think because there are several characters that I find really annoying. I find the young couple really, really annoying. The tagalongs. I find there are bits that I really do like. Like I like aspects of the candy girls. I like what the kind of energy they bring to it. But the main girl in that is fucking annoying. Fucking That's not fucking an anarchy. Annoying. That's an election year. Is that election year? Yeah. Candy girl. Election yeah. year is the candy girl. Oh my goodness me. You've been drinking. <laughs> I've been, oh my God. You really do muddle those two I together. I really have muddled these films up, haven't I, in my head? No, you're right. Of course it is. Of course it's election year. Did you want Anarchy then to be at number four? No, or you, no, you no, said... no. I didn't. I'm just getting, getting very confused in my head. Okay. All the different ones. It says a lot about these movies. It's, it, I, sorry, yeah. it really does say a lot about these films. I think watching them so close together as well, they kind of do all merge together. Yeah, Anarchy, I think I put it there because, I, you know, the Punisher's kind of character arc is relatively interesting. But it, it's really ham-fisted at the end with what happens in it. And I think it's maybe more interesting things they could have done with that. Okay. And the second... Number two. Number two, The First Purge. Ooh, interesting. All right. Because I like Beardy Buff Boy. I think <laughs> he's, he's a great character and he's not, he's not the most unattractive of men to stare at for, throughout the film. So he's not bad. <laughs> And they do, they start to do some kind of interesting stuff going back to look at the politics of the first purge. Do they leave? Motivations. They start, they? I said they start to. They start to do that kind of stuff. They don't do what they should do, but it's, um, yeah, it's more mm. of an interesting kind of premise for, the, for, for that particular film. Um, even though it is retreading, once again, so many of the things they do in Election Year and Anarchy. And then at the top, I put The Purge, even though it doesn't really expand on the idea in the best way that it should. It's just a home invasion film. I think the writer, bless his cotton socks, over, you know, he's not the best of writers and tries to throw in too many characters and things like that. And in the first, not the first Purge, because that's, that's the fourth film, The Purge. In the first <laughs> in film the that original, was released. The original Purge. The original Purge. You've got a kind of a, a smaller group of people. You've got a more contained setting. And actually, when you were talking earlier, you, re you reminded me of the fight scene in the, the kind of pool room. And that is such a kind of fantastic set piece and moment. And there were some elements like that in the first film that was released that <laughs> they work really well. So I'd put that at the top. But Interesting. I, but to be honest, I, I sat this morning and I could, have, I could have moved them around in any order. Because, as I say, there are bits of each that I like and, and bits that are, are really shit. So there's not much in it. Not much in it. Them. Not much in it for me. Yeah. I mean, just overall feelings with the franchise. Like, I mean, has this been... You haven't seen any of them beforehand. Has this been a bit of a disappointment for you? Has it been better than you thought? Are you, you, know, are you looking forward to the future? 
because there's more purgy goodness coming. Massively disappointed for the for the issues we've talked about so many times in these podcasts and like just how good the idea is and not doing anything with it. And they're not really horror films either. And that, that really disappointed me. You know, you could do anything, anything on these evenings and show anything that you want. And like you were saying earlier, most of the kills are people just shooting each other. And that's deathly dull. Wasted opportunities, each of these films. Alison Holland. I agree that some of these can be shuffled. For me, the last one cannot be shuffled. It's the worst one in every <laughs> oh scenario. Here we go. Which is election year. So I agree with you, Lee. Okay. So yeah, at number four, I have election year. I It is so bad. I think, which we'll get to overall thoughts once I list all four of the films, but I think not great acting is a theme in most of it. So then it just comes down to like, okay, well, who's the least bad? And who's the <laughs> worst bad? Yeah, it's a, election years at the bottom for me. I think it's really horrible. I think them trying to make the film more mature by having the black characters say Negro instead of... It's just like all of it felt off. Everything felt wrong. It made me more uncomfortable that they were saying that instead of just like actually using the N-word just because it's like it feels so unnatural that I'm like, then just don't do it. Don't do it if it feels unnatural because it's going to make everybody else way more uncomfortable. So I, I hated that one. <laughs> Number three, I have. So I, I agree with Lee. These are pretty close for me for different reasons. The first or yeah, the first three. So at number three, I have The First Purge, which is mm. 2018 one. Yeah, I like of the main characters in the last three films. So Anarchy, The Purge, and The First Purge. I like his this actor the most, I think. It's hard with Ethan Hawke, but his Ethan Hawke's character was just so unlikable. So the combination of the actor and the character, I liked his him as the protagonist the best of the three. But... I'm putting them at three just because I was sick of seeing this storyline <laughs> and it's the exact same storyline. So it's, it didn't have enough creativity in it to make me put it in a higher position, even though I liked this character and actor as a combination, the most of the protagonists in the other three in those three. So then at number two, I have the purge. Interesting. And so I, I also kind of struggled putting like these two because like like we were saying, you definitely start to get franchise fatigue. And I'm like, I kind of wanted to put The Purge as number one just to be like, do something different. Like, this is the only one that stands out in being a different film. And it was yeah. the first one, which is so annoying that you have four films and they're literally all the same, except for the first one. But yeah. again, the characters are so unlikable. It is nice and intimate in this one home i think it's a cool idea and it was a great idea for the first one to be like that but it's yeah it doesn't work when you don't really care about anybody you're just kind of watching you're, you don't feel that not involved even, not even tank doll robot you don't even care about it timmy where is <laughs> timmy that's the question what is he timmy. where where still out there he still out you there know somewhere. what he should be the recurring character that comes back in yep. the future yep he should survive then that brings me to number one, which I have as Anarchy, which is because it's a combination of even though Anarchy, Election Year, and The First Purge 
are all the exact same structure, I still think anarchy is the most creative of the three in terms of showing the different aspects of entertainment and options of entertainment that exist around a major city during this day, during these 12 hours. So I feel like we're just comparing three remakes, honestly. Yeah. Of like, which, which yeah. way do they, are they going to choose to show this? And I think Anarchy of the three shows them in the most creative way. And I hate, I hate Frank Grillo's character. I think it, he is so <laughs> annoying. I don't, it, like, it really bothers me that, and it's not even just him. I hate that, I hate how weak the other members are made to be as well. It bothers yep. me when you're surviving and you're not actually doing anything. So I think that says a lot about the creativity that they threw in of showing the world that exists during this holiday because of how much I really didn't like the actors or characters. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's so my how, Now in my head, I've just got this idea sir, of Timmy doing the road trip and they've, they've like taken Marisa Tomei's spirit, like Chucky style and put it, put her, the creator oh of the purge into the tank doll. Love, love. <laughs> How all right, so you were brand new to the series as well. Like you're sounding obviously a little bit similar to Lee down in that they're not utilizing the ideas well enough, I'm guessing. Yeah. Or are you still excited for the future? Do you have hope? Uh not really anymore. After <laughs> the second after this the third film, the second of the same film. <laughs> I was kinda like, that's annoying, that's a bummer that they did basically the same thing, but maybe they'll it was kind of, it's weird because it came at a confusing time. So it came, election year came during the year of an election, but it came out, obviously, with them have already filmed it. Therefore, they couldn't have been saying that much about the actual election other than just based off of the debates, which still would have been interesting. So I think I gave it a little bit of leeway at the time of watching it. Obviously not. It's sitting at number four, but it gets still, I still had a little bit of hope because I was like, maybe they just realized the time that of year this was coming out so they did what they could based on the timeline that they had available which was probably pretty short but yeah then as soon as i saw the first purge i was like no they're just doing they keep doing the same shit it wasn't the timeline at all they don't they clearly don't want to focus on the actual politics of the world that or the founding fathers that created this world in which case <laughs> don't try to <laughs> Stop trying to if you're not interested in doing it, because then you're not going to pull it off well if you don't even actually care about what you're writing. So yeah, definitely disappointed in the series. <laughs> I came in really, really excited, honestly, because I remember yep. seeing the trailers. I remember thinking it's a super cool concept. I still think it's a cool concept, but now I'm just mad that they did what they've done with it because they haven't really taken it seriously. I watched the trailers earlier on, and I want to watch those films. Yeah. Yeah. The, tra the, the films they promise in the trailers because they're fantastic Honestly, trailers. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, I came in super, super stoked for this series and I'm leaving disappointed. Well, you're not leaving, but we'll get to well, that. Well, I'm not leaving. <laughs> There's more stuff coming. But now I'm just like rolling my eyes at the idea of seeing another Purge movie because it's going to be the same you signed on to this franchise. I know. I sure have. <laughs> yeah, I came in excited as well because I'd only seen the first Purge and I liked it. Like, I remember liking it, not loving it, but going like, you know, that was pretty cool. I didn't, you know, a bit middle of the road, but a great idea. And I'd never seen the others. And, and watching Anarchy, I was like, cool. Again, like, there's a lot of mistakes here. There are not smart people writing this or directing this, but they're doing something different. That's cool. Let's keep doing stuff different. And then, yeah, like you say, we get election year, which is the same. We get the first purge, which is the same. And they found that formula and we'll get to the TV show in a minute. Like they definitely seem to, if we found what we want, 
We found what's working for a demographic, where we're making our money. Let's just keep recycling that. And that's the most boring thing you can have on any franchise. And that is, yes, more of an action franchise staple than a horror franchise staple. Because horror films take chances and do weird, stupid things a lot of the time. I think to people outside, they don't see that because they see, okay, it's always the same tropes. And that's true. They are the same tropes, but they'll do those tropes in radically different situations, you know, that can make something stupid and dumb, but at least fun and interesting. Mm. For me, the order of these films is very, very easy. It's the first purge right at the bottom for me. <laughs> I really find very little like in this movie. There's what they do to Marisa Tomei, I think is atrocious. The governmental side of this film is laughable. Again, they're trying to like talk politics, but they don't care. And this director just has nothing to say. Absolutely nothing to say. So like to see a writer who has a few ideas, but doesn't know how to say them. And then a director who doesn't even seem to comprehend what the writer's trying to write about just really sucks any joy out for me. And even if I hadn't seen Anarchy in Election Year before this, I still think this would be a massive, massive blow to me. I don't like any of the characters. They're not the worst. They're fine. Um, and I get what you guys are saying. There are elements to do with them, which I prefer to the other characters in the previous films. But the journeys just don't work for me. And the action is too action-y for me. And I just don't care. I just don't care. I think it's so badly put together. Uh, number three is Election Year for me. There are bits in this that I like. But it is just such a photocopy of anarchy, but not as much fun as far as I'm concerned. They're trying to do some more highbrow stuff, I suppose. They've got stuff that's thrown around, but again, they don't know what to do with all that stuff. And presidential election is just like, it's just a wet flan in a cupboard just collapsing. Like, there's just nothing. Like, it's just, <laughs> there's mold growing all over it and they're just going in for a little bite. It's just like, there's nothing really happening in this movie. It's, and it's so vapid. It's like you guys, you know, it's the reason why Lee's getting it muddled up. Uh, with anarchy it's like most of these films are just so like vapidly the same <laughs> there's no massive set piece that really kind of like brings election year out for me other than the fucking candy girls and that's just because <laughs> it annoyed me out. so much <laughs> yeah it just annoyed me so much that's why i remember that then yeah number two for me is the original purge now when i look back on this film i'm surprised with most, most lists this is low and i'm really shocked with the critic aggregators that this is ranked so low because i feel in my head that this is the simplest idea, this is the most horror idea, this is surely the most commercial of them. you got named actors as well, big people. And in my head, it feels slick. And it's only when I go back to look at it, that I go, oh no, this is not a well-made film <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's really badly made. But such a, you know, such a paltry budget, three million. But I do think it's the right footing. I feel like this is where the series should be, is telling these smaller stories in different parts of The Purge. And yeah, I, there's plenty to like here. Again, I think this is a film that would be rife for a great reboot. I really do. And yeah, number one for me is The Purge Anarchy. And it's one where, again, I get people who would say the original Purge is better than this. I'm just shocked most people don't say that because I feel like I would be the outlier with thinking Anarchy is better than the original Purge. But it's just more fun for me. Like, it really is. It's just more about, okay, there are characters that I prefer personally to the first film. I do enjoy going outside. They don't do much with it, but then just when it's starting to get dull, they do put a twist on stuff with the weird auction house thing. Uh, there is a personal bent to it, which I, which I like. And there's some fun with the first time we're out on the road, you know, really seeing the craziness that's happening in the streets. There's, you know, there's some cool cutaways to things. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's not incredible, <laughs> but it's definitely <laughs> the one that I had the most fun with out of all of these. But the problem is, is just... I mean, you were saying to me, Lee, off mic, what, it's so weird to you that of all the franchises we've covered, that this is the one I see most despondent about. Yeah. And 
that is the thing I was trying to say to you, like, as I think I said on previous podcasts, Hellraiser is the worst franchise we've covered. But Hellraiser has this incredible character, like an incredible character and an incredible lore and legend behind it. And it's based on this great book. And there's these kernels of brilliance that they then fuck with completely and do stupid things with and then make these cheap ass movies for like $300,000 with people with no talent in Romania. And <laughs> literally like, I'm not even kidding. They have a script that two weeks before they're meant to be shooting, they then scrap it all and then make it up again three days before they're shooting and cast <laughs> over a weekend. Wow. Like, just crazy stuff. And then there's two entries in that series that they literally just made to keep the rights. So they literally just, like, put something together in a producer's house in LA. Uh. Terrible stuff. But I, I'm way more excited about more Hellraiser films because there is a great character there and because they're willing to do weird things. I never know where they're going to go. No idea. And the problem with this is just, like, I know where they're going to go. I've seen it before. I doubt I'm going to enjoy it more than Anarchy. And I'm just bored. Like, I'm just really bored with these films. And that's happened so quickly. Like, one and two, I was on a bit of a high. I was like, all right, let's just do something different every time. I don't mind if the quality's not amazing. Yeah. And instead, it just started regurgitating. And just election year, the first purge just drove me into the ground. And I'm just like, I don't want anymore. I don't. Like, I, I mean, if new people could buy the rights and do something completely different and great. I don't need it to be that political. I don't really care. Like, in an ideal world, I think the closest franchise we've covered is Romero's Living Dead that we just did uh, with Christina and Haruka. And the reason for that is you've got the same writer, same director for all these films. Um, although, sure, the director changed for the first purge. But the same showrunner, essentially. And you've got commentary that you could have, very easily social commentary that you could do from film to film. And each film should feel different. And it's the thing Romero said, like a lot of people hate Romero's ladder living uh, dead films. But he said, look, why would people want me to make the same film as I just made? I've already made that film. Mm. I want to do something different. And people didn't like the stuff he did different. I get that. His later films aren't very good at all. But at least they are different. He's got ideas and he's, you can feel he's excited about his ideas. One of them, he wants to make like a zombie Western, but set in modern times on an island off of Delaware. <laughs> like he's got, he's got crazy fucking ideas and it's like, they don't work, but at least it's different. And with this, it's like, I don't even feel anyone's got any ideas or excitement. And there's so much they could be doing just on a base level of having fun or social commentary and ideally both. But I would take just one, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I really would. So yeah, I'm really bummed out by this series. And if it continues going on for a long, long time, like yearly, and they become more action-y, I would try and do a vote for if we're allowed to continue it in the horror channel because they're not going to be horror films anymore. No. That's true. But for now, yes, we will still be covering Purge films. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very bummed out about that. But, you know, I mean, again, there is so much they could do. Like if we sat down for two hours, just us three, We'd come up with maybe 50 ideas, 40 of them would be stupid, but 10 of them would be better than anything they've done so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean that very seriously. Yeah. yeah. It's bewildering to me that the only things they can think of are these, yeah, the, the way, the same format and the same sort of political structures. It's like, none of this is interesting. This just, you could do literally anything. It's really stupid. <laughs> oh, it's very frustrating. It really is. But hey. If you think you're out of it, Ali, the Purge TV series is coming. So two months from Yay. now, oh man, we will be back. And this is maybe the quickest sabbatical we're having on one of our franchises. Two months from now, we will be back to review the Purge TV series. So I'm sorry, guys. There are going to be 10 episodes that we're going to have to watch. 
How long it's be is premiering. each episode? Do we know? I don't know, but it'll feel like a lifetime. <laughs> That's going to be premiering on September the 4th, 2018. Now, get this. It's going to be on USA Network, but do you know who's the production house behind this? Tell us. Sci-fi. Oh, yeah. Always a mark of quality. And the people <laughs> who brought you Sharknado. Perfect. So, yeah, the people who basically can't make anything great. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so here's what happens. Are you ready? Revolving around a 12-hour period when all crime is legal, the series follows several seemingly unrelated characters oh, living in a small city. As the clock winds down, each character is forced to reckon with their past as they discover how far they will go to survive the night. Does that sound familiar or does that sound familiar? It sounds a little familiar. Uh, the only thing I think they're getting right here is what we said of if you do a TV show, do it like 24 and do each episode one hour in that 12 hour or no was it two hours it would work out no 10 hours oh i don't know math i think we <laughs> said do 12 episodes and do one for each hour yeah if so there's it's only like real 10 time. episodes then it's 10 hours i haven't done it right fuck them they don't know math demonico had hinted before that a possible series could deal with how the new founding fathers were voted in during a time of economic collapse and social unrest and how they ratified the 28th amendment and then introduced the purge but that doesn't seem to be the case because that would be thought, good and that interesting sounds hard <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like writing yeah. is involved. <laughs> <laughs> so this series is going to star Gabriel Chavaria, who's from War for the Planet of the Apes, just as a little role. Uh, he's going to be playing Miguel, a US Marine who returns home on Purge Night after receiving a cryptic message from his sister, Penelope, played by Jessica Garza. Now, there's actually more info. There's like two more sentences out there, which are kind of spoilery. So I don't know whether to mm. say them on the podcast in case people listening are big Purge fans. And they don't want to know. But I kind of want us to discuss them as well. So I'll tell you what I'm going to... Just stop listening. Just fast forward one minute. I'm going to literally set a timer. So we've got one minute. Okay. <laughs> if you do not want to hear this, then I'm going to start with it right from one minute. Just come back from now. Okay. So Penelope, played by Jessica Garza, who's playing a sister who gave this cryptic message. It turns out she belongs to a purge-worshipping cult and has been pledged to become a sacrifice at the will of their charismatic leader, which forces Miguel to face the senseless violence on the streets in order to get to her and protect her. How do we feel about that? Great. <laughs> you got 30 seconds. Maybe that comes out in episode one, so it's not that much of a spoiler. Maybe. Yeah, I think it definitely does. I think he gets a message and he figures it out That's and then he rescues like her and the then they're on the streets. That's at the end. But we'll have a worshipping cult that then, then is presumably following them throughout. Um, so we've got the government and this cult. I mean, I like there's, I mean, a, a slight idea there. Again, he's got some broad ideas, Monaco, but... Never know. It seems to know what to do with them, so we'll see. No. Yeah. Got 10 more seconds. Nothing else I want to say? What's your queen cults? It's Miguel, not Miguel. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you say that? <laughs> <laughs> Corrected. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome it's back. back. <laughs> what you really missed was me being informed how to pronounce names. <laughs> Ali, what am I saying wrong? Miguel. Miguel. It's M-I-G-U-E-L, right? So you don't pronounce the E, basically? No, is that how it's spelled? M-I-G-U-E-L? Yes. Yeah, it's Miguel. Okay. What happens to the E? Why don't I do, or the U? Why don't you do a Miguel? It's Spanish. You don't pronounce the G, the gue. Oh. It's not a gue. Well, they got some free letters then. They should take them back. Free letters, they can do whatever they want to. (laughs) Also in this series is going to be Lily Simmons. She's been in Bone Tomahawk, which is a great little genre film. Lee Turgeson, we've talked about him before. Ali in Texas Chainsaw Beginning. He played, do you remember the biker 
whose girlfriend is like killed at the beginning of Texas Chainsaw Beginning. Oh. That, that, do you remember those two? And they like pull over the car and then they get, sh- she gets shot by the police someone's, officer. Yeah. So, and someone's like hiding in the grass, one of them. Yeah. And crawls yeah. back out. Yep. He's going to be in it. We've got Amanda Warren, Colin Wood- Woodall, Hannah Emily Anderson, William Baldwin is going to be a recurring character. So presumably playing the government. I'm guessing, because who else would William Baldwin be playing? And also someone we've covered before, Ali, Fiona Dourif. I do know her. Our favorite At protagonist. Least she's a, yeah, she's a great actress. She's great in the child's play, but hey, they took Marisa Tomei and fucked her royally. That's so. true, so who knows? And I feel Fiona Dourif is maybe going to be playing exactly the same character. Think she'll be in a wheelchair? I think no. <laughs> I think she. I think no. Not the same character as that. I mean, the same character as Marisa Tomei. Oh, I see. I feel like she's going to be the new sort of architect of the purge. William Baldwin's uh. going to be the government, and then everyone else is going to be the people on the streets. Episode one has been written by DeMonico, but we'll be happy to learn has not been directed by him. Yes. It's been directed by a guy called Anthony Hemingway, who's directed so much TV it's ridiculous. But he's done everything from his first ever episode of TV was The Wire. Wow. Which is quite a great thing to do. He's also done American Horror Story, Glee, Empire, The Newsroom, Treme, True Blood, loads of True Blood, CSI, New York, Heroes, ER, and Battlestar Galactica. This guy's directed a whole bunch of TV. Some good stuff then. Nice. So who knows? But it's sci-fi and Demonico doing basically the same story. (laughs) So hopes are not high. Spread over however many weeks, 10 weeks, whatever. That's going to be great, isn't it? Lovely. Yep. So we will be back to review that. We're not going to... So, like, we've been talking about series keep happening. Um, our next series that we're starting next Friday is Scream. I'm going to be going for some 90s slasher. I'm excited for some 90s slasher. It's going to be our first 90s films, franchise at least, that we've done on this. And I'm going to be doing that with Christina Masterson from Romero's Living Dead series and Star Wars and Alexander Chard returning from Child's Play and Star Wars and A Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, and that has TV shows. So we're going to be covering those in the wrap-up briefly. Um, I'm watching those at the moment. We know Child's Play is going to have a TV show, probably. And now The Purge is becoming an increasing problem. The way I'm saying we deal with it with The Purge (laughs) is one episode. We watch the 10 episodes. I'm presuming they're week by week. So if it's starting September the 4th, I haven't done the scheduling for this yet, but that's going to take us into the end of October. You're saying have one podcast episode talking about all 10 TV yeah, episodes? we'll wait till the end, and yeah. then we'll just talk about the season, I feel. Yeah. Okay. I don't so think we need to review. do... season review. Yeah, we don't need to do episodes. <laughs> no, no, I didn't no, no. know if we needed to do that, but I didn't know if you were going to say, like, the first five and the second five. No, I've been torn on some of this stuff. Like, with Scream, they're already through two seasons, and we're just going to talk about it in a wrap-up, you know? Because it isn't canon, but this is the same creators, so I do feel like it won't be canon, but it's going to come from the same mindset, you know? So it deserves yeah. at least its own thing. So yeah, we'll be back, I guess, sometime around the end of October, whenever the Purge TV show ends, and we'll do, I mean, it might end up being shorter, it might end up being even longer, who knows, than a normal podcast, because it'll be a new thing for us to try, but we'll just review all 10 episodes as an overall arc, I guess, dissect it like we would a movie, see how that works, I suppose. But we're not promising this is going to be a habit, we might not do TV shows in the future, we're going to see how this one goes, Hmm. and how painful it is. (laughs) Thank you, Ali, thank you, Lee. Thank you for joining me on maybe the most frustratingly depressing <laughs> franchise we've done mm. yet. Mm. Which, for the shortest one, is a real shocker for me. Yeah, I would think I'd still well, have excitement after four films. You just said, 
That's true. That's true. Lee, I apologize that this was your first foray into our horror channel, but we appreciate it. <laughs> Do not apologize. You, it was an experience. Would you ever come back again? That's the question. <laughs> of, of course I would. Of course I would. I want some proper He's horror l- next time. You want real horror? Real okay. horror. Yeah. Um, I think that can be arranged for sure. Okay. Everybody, thank you very much for listening. If you are listening, then head on over to weirdgeeks.com. Like we said at the top of the episode. Uh, you can branch on out to our social medias. You can branch on out to our obvious other podcasts. And please do subscribe and rate. It helps us out massively because we do it all for free. We've done Child's Play, Nightmare on Elm Street, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Hellraiser, Friday the 13th, other things. Anything I'm missing? <laughs> I'm missing something. Romero's Living Dead, Star Wars, Danny Boyle, stuff. And we also do a podcast whenever we want to now just called Geeks, where we talk about topical video games, movies, and life. We talk also about our own stuff because we're a production company. We are run out of London, LA, and Tokyo, and we're all made up of producers, directors, actors, writers, and people generally wasting our lives. And if you want to hear all about our topical stuff of what we're doing, then yeah, on the Geeks uh, podcast, which goes up sporadically, we will be talking about things. We have a feature film called Starfish that is now going to festivals, so we'll be updating on the journey with that and if you want to hear about more of our personal stuff then follow me on social media i am mr al white m-r-a-l-w-h-i-t-e and also on the xbox if you want to hear what lee's up to in his magical life of journeys uh twitter lee comley itv or instagram lee comley and if you want to find out if ali survived a big spider in the office while she's recording today then check on her on the social medias well if you don't see anything then i won't have survived Exactly. That's all I don't know. All right. Well, then you can check on Instagram. I don't know that I'll be necessarily Instagramming whether or not I survived the spider, but I am on Instagram if you give a shit as Ali Sue. <laughs> and if you don't, I don't blame you. It's Ali all Sue. Good. That was Ali Sue. To be fair, if you don't Instagram, then they know you died from spider. Okay. Spider death. That's how it works. I found it, by the way. It's on, it's on the ceiling. It's on the goddamn ceiling? Yep. I may need to see by this. By the fan, by your Blu-rays. I may need to see this when we're done. It's biting its time. Everybody else, what am I missing? I'm not sure. Probably am, but who cares? No one really cares. You've already left. You're not even listening anymore. You left a long time ago. Let's be <laughs> honest. But if you have made it to here, we'd really do appreciate it. And we'll see you next Friday with the beginning of yet another franchise. Also a short one. Four episodes as well. And then a wrap up. Number five, the Scream series. Until then, we're out. Geeks. Geeks. Bye.